podcaster passionate about empowering youth to raise their voices and tell their stories. On Global Youth Matters, they tell their stories in their own voices on their own terms. They have faced life challenges, social, emotional, health, physical, economic, political, and more. They've gone through rough times and have come out on the other side. Get ready because they'll blow your mind. I'm going to let them talk because their voices matter on Global Youth Matters. Hi, Asher. It's nice to meet you, and I'm really happy that I have you here in person for the Global Youth Matters podcast. And I would love it if you would tell me a little bit about yourself. My name is Asher, but my real name is Justice Young. I'm 15 years old, and I grew up in D.C. with my mom, mainly. And right now, I'm a 10th grader at Duke Ellington School of the Arts, and I'm studying technical design and production. I draw most of the time as a hobby and as well as doing archery and doing poetry as well. Wow. So tell me, I didn't know Duke Ellington. That's amazing. So you are an artist. Yes, I am. (laughs) So your area you said, can you tell me again, that was your Uh, focusing on? So my focus is technical design and production. The short version is TDP. What we do is we are technically backstage of every show there's like different parts that you could be in. Right now I'm in audio, which means I'm gonna be probably in the front, which and I'm controlling the sounds and everything like that. There's also lighting, stage management, scenic, and I think there's one more costume. Yeah, costume. So those are like the five main focuses you can do. Awesome. And then how did you get into that? For me, my mom wanted me to go to Vancouver first, but we didn't know anything about it, and my mom wanted me to get out of my middle school because she thought it was Duke Ellison would be a better influence for me, and she thought that technical design production would be the one that's closest to like visual arts because I was supposed to be in visual arts, but she didn't know that, and I didn't even know how to do the application, so I just guessed everything. I just selected some random pictures that I had on my computer. But I got accepted into TDP instead of visual arts. So, yeah. And are you you're happy there? That's yeah. Right. TDP is like a huge family. Like, even though, like, we get mistake, we make mistakes, it's like, it's so fun. Like, last year, we had, like, a whole Christmas dinner. Or, oh, a tech, a tech miss. And we had gift exchange. We had people's parents. We had food. It was the best thing ever. Sounds like a great place to go to high school. Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> and like the first time I ever went there, the building, it's beautiful, but it's big and it looked like a White House and I did not want to go in it at first. And even on the inside, I was scared. I was about to walk out. <laughs> so yeah, but after a while I got used to it. So yeah. Right. And you said you were originally into visual arts when you were younger and then it kind of transitioned and now you're just happy where you are. Yeah, right? pretty much. That's great. Anything else you want to tell me about your, maybe your family? Oh, you did mention that you were Justice yeah. and now you're Asher. Yeah. So, so the creation of Asher, yeah. I, it was from my, one of my friends, her name's Desiree. And she, we was like chilling. It was last year. And my original name was Kai, but I didn't like it that much. So they told me that you look like an Asher to me. I'm like, that sticks out. Hold up. <laughs> so I just rocked with it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to just go by Asher. And to be honest, that was the best decision I ever made in my whole life. Because it's easier for me. Because there's another justice in my department. And there's another justice in a different department. So I'm not trying to confuse myself <laughs> and other people. So 
it's better for me to go by Asher than like Justice. So yeah. And so you said because of the other names, is there anything else you said it just fit stuck? What made it、um, feel like it stuck? So when my when my friend talked about Asher, I actually thought about it and I was like, oh, Asher, what's that mean? And I know like different names have different meanings, so I looked up what Asher meant, and it means happiness and blessed in Hebrew. And I was like, oh, that's my whole、oh. family. Like my whole family, we are built with love and happiness, and we're Like blessed all the time, we always be like that. So I felt like maybe something is there. So I and I'm always happy. That's a beautiful thing.、Um, yeah, that's a beautiful gift to be happy all the time. And I also have high empathy. So I think I have high empathy. I have too much care in people. Yeah, that's how they stuck. That's nice. And then we had interviewed Zaria from DC Scores, and she had talked a little bit about you and how did DC Scores. Play sort of an impact in your life. I did not know what DC Scores was until fourth grade when one of my teachers he said asked me, "Hey, do you want to be on DC Scores?" And I said, "Sure, why not?" Because like I wanted to do an extracurricular activity from like outside. I didn't want to just go straight home after school. And so I asked my mom if it's okay if I can join, and she said, "Sure, why not? You can join." And the first day I went there, it was. Really nice to play soccer. I didn't know I was gonna be good at it because I've never done soccer, but apparently I was good at defense. But the part where poetry came in, I did not know that was a thing. I did not even see the logo when it said DC scores. <laughs> so they had like certain. They selected some days. Like on some days we're gonna do soccer, and on some days we're gonna do poetry. And I was like, "What's poetry again?" Because I did not know what poetry was at the age of like fourth grade. So I wrote my first poem and I performed it at my first ever poetry slam. It was called Elements, and although I was nervous, I did not know how I was able to recite that whole poem without feeling nervous on that stage. And I had like blue hair. I didn't have dreads. I I had blue hair. It was ugh, atrocious. So it was something. Wow. And did that help? You with other things like being able to write and tell poetry and yeah, speak. because when I was like also younger, I always like talked to myself a lot, and my parents knew that, and so like I knew how to. It was like something about it. I don't know how to speak up for myself that well when it comes to like real bad situations, and poetry really helped me out because, in my opinion, that's like the only way I can like express. How I feel, and I'm working on a poem now, and it's all about like how I grew up, and like I felt like something was wrong with like my love life for some reason. Even though like now I shouldn't really think about it, but it's always like a good time to know like a lot of things in life, especially love, because you don't know like who is gonna really love you, who's not, because they'll like get everything from it. So. It's something, and yeah, you know, I don't know if you have a poem with you. I have a poem on my phone. That would、actually. be so great if you could share your poem with us. Sure. Right now, it's in development, but I call it hard-headed thoughts. So, hey, let's chat for a bit. I have a serious question for you. When are you ever going to separate my lies? Whenever I tell the truth. I mean, I get it. You listen to others because of the strong bond you have with them. 
But I won't tell you a lie until I lie in my coffin with all the eyes looking at me to realize the real truth has been hiding from them this whole time. My love for you is permanent and you believe it as temporary. My care for you is recyclable and you took it to a wasteland full of resentment. My love for you is worth more than a diamond, but to you, it's worth a fragment of helium. For 60 seconds, 60 minutes, 24 hours, 7 days, 52 weeks, and 12 months, I've always been there for your love that I wanted for more than just one year. I want it for a decade, or even a century, maybe a millennial if that was possible. Everything I'm saying to you is the complete truth. Though I shouldn't say that, as the truth can be and will be twisted into a lie, people will see in an instant. You know, looking at you made me realize how much I dream about everything I just said. However, the difference is that I want that dream to be reality. Sure, my heart is full, but there's always one place that is reserved for you and you only. I just don't know what I'm doing wrong when you're around. How come you won't tell me? I mean, I tell you everything I've gone through and how much I've been resilient into those harsh times. And yet, you never thought of exchanging your stories with me. I mean, come on. I did everything for you, but I never got one thank you. I never got and I appreciate you everything you've done to me. I love you too. That's it for now, but I'm trying to like um tweak it a bit. So that's beautiful. Very beautiful. So beautiful. There's really nothing to say, but is there anything you want to share about your poem or about writing it or so this poem I created in July and it's all about like what happened during my life, like when I was younger and up till now. When I was younger I was it was something <laughs> back then. But Overall, it was, like, people just taking advantage over, like, my kindness. And it spread from, like, I was, like, eight or nine. And in middle school, it got way worse to the point where, like, I didn't even trust my friends because they'd done so much to me. And, like, one of them, it was, oof. I was say, he even, like, tried to stalk me, trespass on my grandparents' property. And I told him, no, like, leave me alone and stuff like that, and he did it to, like, other people. And in high school, it also happened again, but it was, like, ninth grade and also the first week of school. But I gone over it, and there was, like, also inspired by, like, two songs. One of them was called Hard-Headed, and the second one was called Half-Crazy because, like, even though people have done so much to me, I still worry about them to the point where, like, half of my brain is just so dependent on, like, knowing what is happening. Like, should I really care about them? Should I, like, get them out of my system? If it's worth holding on, really. That's, like, one of the lyrics that Half Crazy has. My mind's going crazy because I can't leave you alone. I can't get you out of my system. And I'm wondering if it's worth me holding on. And that's something that I think to myself every single day whenever I, like, talk to people or, like, have an argument with someone, it's just something. Wow. So it sounds like you're a very sensitive, compassionate, kind person. 
Yeah, I am. <laughs> I get it from my grandma because, like, my whole family is, like, you always care about others and you should care about, like, yourself and, like, family and, like, your friends. But, like, also you need to be careful. So I have to, like, be careful about my sensitivity and my empathy for others so that I won't get hurt. But if, like, in situations where, like, they're actually, like, worried, I will be there for them. Like, even though, like, you've done so much for me that is kind of bad and kind of good. I'm still here for you with open arms. What would you say was your, maybe some of your biggest challenges that you'd want to share? Is it related to this? Yeah, I think. Yeah, what would? Personally, I'll say family problems. My mom and dad, they weren't really good with each other. I also made a poem about that, about like family book. And... It was something. I was very young. I was probably in a preschool. Preschool was bad, too. But I would say, like, mainly my dad and my mom's, like, breakup uh, because it really had a huge impact on me. My mom will always remind me of it. And, like, it's been so long since I've seen my dad. Probably the last time I've seen him was my birthday. And it was just the most surreal thing i ever seen, like, experienced my whole life because it's been so long since I last seen him from that time, like, nine months because of an argument that my dad and mom had. So it was something. That's the biggest challenge for me because I still, I'm I'm still trying to rethink about the past. And even though I want to think about the future and think about the present, the past always comes with me. And I always know, like, the past can still haunt you. So it's best for me to, like, be aware of that. And how are you able to kind of sort that out in your mind or manage that? Or are you still figuring it out? Although I would say, like, I'm trying to sort it out by, like, not caring all the time and, like, focus on, like, my education and focus on, like, things I'm interested in because right now I'm interested in, like, religion. I'm interested in, like, probably, like, some, like, cocktails and stuff, mythology. That's something I'm also interested in. But... I still need to work on it because it's been really big. It's a big past. It's big on me. And, like, I have that memory. But to the point where, like, the past is, like, haunting me, I can't get rid of that day. So many people have reminded My mom has reminded me about it. And so I just, I just can't stop thinking about it. And I really do want to see my dad again. I saw my stepbrother literally, like, a few days ago. Or, like, yes, like yesterday. And it felt so, like, it felt like an imagination, like I was asleep, but it wasn't, it was real. And I just wanted to see them again. Yeah, that's a lot, right? So is there, how did those experiences, I guess, impact your life? Um, I think those experiences, like, impacted my life in, like, a positive and a negative way. Because I have knowledge of being aware of people and, like, seeing their true colors and learning about their stories because it's best to, like, understand people. We're all different. So it's best for you to understand where they're coming from and their stories because it might be, like, unbalanced. You're only hearing one side of the story from, like, one person. Why not, like, get it from another person who's also in it because it's best. We all have a story to tell, and if you, like, can't say it, it's best to, like, find a way to, like, either forget it or just try to 
like put it in a memoir or something like that. That's what I do. That's like one thing that impacts my life. And another thing would be like knowing the knowledge of people's actions and just trying to learn from it as best as you can and try to like avoid it. And it's just something that I'm acquainted to most of the time, no matter how many times it happens. Like every mistake you do, you know it's like something you need to work on because we should all embrace mistakes. We should always experience failure because if you don't experience failure, then what's there to learn? You're not perfect. We're all not perfect. This world isn't perfect. We still need to build as like a community and also as individuals. Very wise. Very wise. So does your writing help you or what is it that helped you the most kind of sort these things out? Probably mainly writing. Poetry has been the gateway of me expressing myself as an individual and sharing it to like everybody and like it is so surreal. I know I'm a person who's like always loud, but not loud enough to express how I'm feeling. I can express how other people are feeling and I can feel sympathy for them. I can feel empathy for them, but am I feeling empathy for myself? And that's the real question that I always think about in my head. So poetry has really helped me like express who I am as an individual and also let that poem express itself to the whole community. So is that something that you would maybe tell like other people like you who maybe dealt with different similar situations in dealing with people and maybe some kind of family issues? What would you advise them? The one thing I would advise them is don't collect them. Try to sift out what was bad and what was good. Don't try to put yourself in this hole. Like, if something is wrong, don't think it's you. Don't think it's you that did it. It was someone else that does it. Like, if you was part of that family experience, just know it's not your fault. Don't You don't need to dig for, like, a solution like I do. Because I know I do that. And that's the worst thing you can ever do. Because you know it's, there's probably no solution to certain things. Like, it's best to have that determination to find that solution and to solve it. But in certain situations, it's best to, like, leave it alone. But it's also, like, if you can't, like, speak up for yourself, try finding other ways to speak up. Like, writing it down. People journal. I know I have to journal a lot, and I write it down. But if I can't do that at the moment, I keep it in my head. I try to keep it in, like, a safe place in my head. Just in case if I want to write it down, then... I could just take it out and make a story about it. Or like, like I draw, so I draw a character about it. And just find ways to express yourself, express what you're you're coming from. And don't be afraid to like tell the stories that are bad. Like if you cry, that's a sign that you have done something good and like you want to let it out. You are improving and you are growing as an individual. And everybody, if people just don't care or just laugh at you, that's a sign that they are bad for you. And you should just cut them off from your life in general. But if people really care about you, they'll be there for you. They'll understand your story. And they'll know how they came from. 
everybody has a story to tell and we should appreciate people who speak up for themselves, people who tell their stories and that's how the world should be. That's great. And I was going to ask you too, I'm sure when you changed your name, right, did you get any resistance in school or any place or just kind of was a natural flow? I'll say it will be like a natural flow because even though it's like some people still call me justice, I really don't care. I'm, I prefer people who don't really know me as well to call me Asher as like privacy because I really don't like it when like strangers say, hey, justice, I'm like, please don't, please don't, because that will confuse me. Mm-hmm. And also, like, two other people who are named the same. Yeah. And for close friends, I'll let them call me Justice or Asher. Yeah. And even changing my name was really a moment for me because, like, I never thought, like, my name was going to be that bad. Because my name, Justice, it means fairness. Mm-hmm. And there's literally, like, Supreme Justices. And I thought, like, oh, my God. Like, my name is important. But your name can really have some meaning to it. It can have a history. So, like, me changing it to Asher, that was a sign that I wanted to start afresh. And I wanted to renew myself as Asher, not as Justice, not as much anymore. Like, family could call me Justice because they know me. They know me so well. They know where I came from. They see me all the time. But... Asher is a way of me learning a new life in the world. So that's beautiful, embracing an identity, a new identity. Yeah. Before we close, is there anything else you'd like to share with us on you gave us advice and other young people life lessons? Anything else? I think I have one more life lesson, and that is it's best to have. I'm okay with having a lot of groups of friends, but always stick to those that one group that you know isn't going to turn your back, that you know is not going to, like, leave you in the dust. They want to improve you. Like, you could joke around as much as you want, but keep it to, like, that one true group of people who you know, they're not going to leave you. They're not going to forget you after, like, 30 years. They're going to still remember you. They're going to still hang out with you. It could be, like, one person or, like, two people because, like, now you're in school and like when you're in school, you're not going to know everyone. You're not going to meet everybody. Your friends are going to leave you. They might forget you. I don't know. But it's always those couple of people or that one group of friends who will always be there for you. And that's always the best thing that you can do. And if you're comfortable, just express yourself because you have emotions too. You have a story to tell. You have your own mindset and it's best to share it. In, like, in an appropriate way. I'm not saying just don't go all out. Don't be vulgar. Be appropriate with it. And make sure, like, it's a story at the right time, in the right place, whenever everybody is, and when someone's there to talk about it with you. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing all of that. Thank you. This is the Global Youth Matters Podcast. We hope you'll subscribe or follow us at Apple Podcast or your favorite pod platform. We would really appreciate it if you leave us a positive review, especially on Apple. This helps us build an audience. Finally, we want to hear from you. You can reach us by email at globalyouthmatters at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.